0: Welcome, this is Michael Volkoff, and this is episode 65 of Corruption, Crime, and Compliance, the podcast. Our episode today is about Goldman Sachs and the 1MDB scandal. Hello, everyone. Thanks for joining me today on Corruption, Crime, and Compliance, a podcast focused on the legal and compliance industry. Before we start, two things. One, please rate and comment on our uh, podcast. It's available on Spotify and on uh, iTunes or wherever you get your uh, podcasts. And uh, leave some comments so that hopefully we can link together other compliance professionals. Second, I wanted to remind you about the services we offer at the Volkoff Law Group, my law firm. In the anti corruption area, we provide uh, ethics and compliance services related to the FCPA, the UK Bribery Act, and other applicable uh, anti corruption laws and regulations. We've collaborated with companies large and small in a variety of industries to design, enhance, and implement effective anti corruption compliance programs. We can help your business design and implement effective anti-corruption programs, assess existing policies and procedures in relation to the com- company's risk profile, conduct program assessments and risk assessments, and detailed testing and audit projects. We can also review your program and recommend improvements uh, to uh, Functions such as third-party due diligence procedures, vendor-supplier risk management, invoice-to-payment processes, training programs, gifts, meals, entertainment, and travel expenses, merger and acquisition due diligence and integration, uh, charitable gifts, and hiring of foreign officials' relatives. If interested, please contact me at mvolkoff at volkofflaw.com. Okay, I thought it would be great to talk today about the 1MDB scandal. Uh, it's called the Mal- uh, Malaysia Development Berhard Scandal, uh, and it's been making headlines for the past few years. The turning point for U.S. prosecutors was the cooperation of Malaysian law enforcement uh, and the ultimate corruption allegations surrounding Malaysia's former prime minister, Najib Razak. At the center of the scandal, as of course we all know, is Goldman Sach- Sachs, which profited from $3 billion in bond issues on behalf of the 1MDB fund. The interesting question, as can be seen from a review of the facts, is, and as we watch over the scandal, is whether and to what extent DOJ, the Justice Department, and the SEC will hold Goldman Sachs accountable for the pervasive misconduct that occurred in relation to the 1MDB scandal. Goldman Sachs' managers, employees, and agents may have been involved in, and many uh, may have known about the bribery scheme. Just as troubling, Goldman Sachs' internal controls and transaction review process was clearly circumvented and defective. Goldman Sachs is cooperating with the ongoing investigation and prosecution, but we shall see how much, and if at all, they are held accountable. So the individual characters involved in the scandal, at least up to now, are lo Tech Zhou, or Zhou Lo, or we'll call him Mr. Lo, uh, Ni uh, Chong-Hua, or Roger Ni, and Tim Leisner. Uh, uh, Roger Ni and Tim Leisner are both former uh, Goldman Sachs employees. Weeks ago, a three-count criminal indictment was unsealed, charging Joe Lowe and Roger Nee with three counts, FCPA conspiracy bribery, FCPA conspiracy circumvention of controls, and conspiracy to money launder. At the same time, the court unsealed a two-count information and guilty plea entered by Tim Leisner, charging Leisner with two counts of FCPA violations, bribery and circumvention of controls. Leisner agreed to forfeit 43 million dollars. He was the former Southeast Asia chairman of Goldman Sachs. Nee was arrested in Malaysia. Interestingly, a side note, Leisner is married to fashion designer and reality TV star Kimora Lee Simmons. Simmons had a TV show, Kimora Life in the Fab Lane, which aired from 2007 to 2011 on the Style Network. Mr. Joe Lowe is a is a 36-year-old Malaysian national who's sought by U.S., Swiss, Singaporean, and Malaysian authorities. He may be traveling using a passport from the Caribbean islands of St. Kitts and Nevis. Lo has also supposedly been seen in Phuket, Macau, Hong Kong, Taiwan, and Shanghai since the scandal broke. He was supposedly last seen in China, but local authorities there deny that he's there. Low remains at large and is believed to still be in China. One MDB was a state-owned investment company which was formed in 2009 and it was a successor to the Malaysian Sovereign Wealth Fund. One MDB was focused on investments in energy, real estate, tourism, and agribusiness. After the 2018 election, newly elected Prime Minister Mahathir Mohamed, reopened a probe of the 1MDB scandal and barred former Prime Minister Najib Razak from leaving the country. Eventually, Malaysia's uh, ex-Prime Minister Razak and his wife were both charged with laundering 1MDB money, and their homes were raided. The head of uh, Malaysia's commercial crime unit said the raids resulted in the biggest seizure in Malaysian history. Now listen to this. Police found cash in 26 currencies with a total value of $28.6 million. They confiscated 457 handbags, including Hermes bags that alone were worth $12 million. They also seized uh, 423 watches valued at $19 million, along with 234 sunglasses worth $93,000. 12,000 pieces of jewelry were found in 25 bags. Included were 1,400 necklaces, 2,200 rings, 2,100 bangles, 2,800 pairs of earrings, 1,600 brooches, 14, and 14 tiaras. The jewelry was estimated to be around a worth of $180 million. So the Malaysian law enforcement authorities have increased their cooperation with the U.S. Department of Justice, and I mentioned that, which has led to this recent prosecutions. Goldman Sachs clearly played a central role in the funding and activities of the 1MDB fund. Uh, As I said, it arranged three separate bond offerings that totaled approximately $6.5 billion. According to the indictment, against Lowe and Roger Nee, $2.7 billion was misappropriate by Mr. Lowe and Nee and others and distributed as bribes and kickbacks to Malaysian and Abu Dhabi government officials and their families, including co-conspirator Tim Leisner. Roger Nee supposedly conspired with other Goldman Sachs employees and agents to circumvent Goldman Sachs' internal controls. The indictment specifically explained that Goldman Sachs' internal accounting controls were overseen and enforced by the compliance function and the legal department. So in reviewing and approving these transactions, these bond offerings, Goldman Sachs' business culture allegedly was, quote, highly focused on consummating deals, at times prioritizing this goal ahead of the proper operation of its compliance functions, close quote. The criminal scheme centered on Joe Lowe and his relationships with high-ranking Malaysian and Abu Dhabi government officials. Beginning in 2009 and continuing for five years to 2014, Lowe, and Leisner, and others used Lowe's relationships to secure business for Goldman Sachs and its role in the three bond offerings referred to as Project Magnolia, Project Maximus, and Project Catalyze. Goldman Sachs earned approximately $600 million in fees for its role in the three bond offerings. Lowe, Knee, and Leisner laundered their illegal proceeds through the U.S. financial system by purchasing luxury residential real estate in New York City and elsewhere, artwork from an auction house or auction houses in New York, and by funding major uh, Hollywood films, including The Wolf from Wall Street with Leonard DiCaprio. Project Magnolia resulted in issuance of $1.75 billion in bonds guaranteed by an Abu Dhabi entity. To accomplish the offering, Lowe, Nee and Leisner knew they would have to pay bribes to Malaysian and Abu Dhabi officials. Goldman Sachs was selected as the sole book runner and arranger for the bond offering. Approximately 500 million of the bond proceeds were diverted from 1MDB through wire transfers to bank accounts in the name of shell companies owned and controlled by Lowe, Leisner, Mr. Nee, and other co conspirators. Project Maximus and Project Catalyze occurred during 2012 and 2013. Both projects were designed to raise more than $4 billion for 1MDB. Again, Lowe, Neat, Leisner, and others diverted proceeds to pay bribes and kickbacks to themselves. They again used wire transfers to shell companies to launder billions of dollars of the misappropriated funds for these final two projects, Maximus and Catalyze. Lowe acquired a $35 million condominium in New York City using a portion of the proceeds. Also, Lowe spent approximately $137 million to purchase works of art at high-end auction houses in New York City. So Goldman Sachs is now continuing to cooperate and navigate its way through the investigation and prosecution. And there's no question now that the media and, uh, is beginning to focus on who at Goldman Sachs knew about the bribery activity or should have known and what liability, if any, Goldman Sachs will incur as a result. At the outset, it's important to remember what facts have been disclosed so far in the criminal proceedings. Charges have been lodged against Roger Mee and Tim Leisner who were both former Goldman Sachs employees. Leisner pled guilty to an information and is cooperating with the investigation and obviously is going to implicate other Goldman Sachs employees if if he's aware of information like that. From the knee indictment and the Leisner information, it's clear that the two actors, as well as other co-conspirators at Goldman, acting as agents or employees of uh, Goldman Sachs, Probably engaged in misconduct or engaged in misconduct with the intent to benefit, in part, Goldman Sachs. Remember, Goldman Sachs earned approximately $600 million from the criminal scheme. As recounted by DOJ, Mee and Leesner circumvented internal FCPA and financial controls to carry out their scheme. What is not known is the extent and whether co conspirators also facilitated or engaged in circumvention conduct. At a minimum right now, we know that various Goldman Sachs managers and employees in the compliance and legal f- functions appear to have not known that Nee and Leisner were relying on Mr. Lowe to pay bribes to facilitate the various transactions. Nee and Leisner selectively disclosed Lowe's participation in the transactions in order to avoid compliance or, and legal scrutiny of the deals. In fact, they both, apparently the evidence shows, knew that the compliance and legal departments were well aware of Lowe's reputation and corrupt sources of wealth, and they had previously, prior to, prior to the transactions, rejected attempts to make Lowe a client of Goldman Sachs for that very reason. But unfortunately for Goldman Sachs, the government has the benefit of the well-established doctrine of respondeat superior which is used by prosecutors to attribute the individual misconduct of one actor to a corporation if the actor was carrying out duties within the scope of his or her employment and for the benefit in part, remember the in part, of the corporation. They clearly were engaging in this misconduct to benefit themselves by diverting money, but here they were also, it's alleged, benefiting the corporation. And we can see that from the amount of money in fees that Goldman Sachs earned. So Goldman Sachs's fate here is going to depend on several key considerations. While the law technically can hold them liable, government prosecutors have entertained and appropriately, in my view, considered the extent to which others in the organization knew or should have known about this conduct or whether they had their respective heads in the sand and the extent to which the bad actors were able to disguise or hide their activities from detection. Such a perspective seems reasonable, and it will be interesting to follow how successful Goldman Sachs is in making this argument to the Justice Department. A couple of notes on specific facts and persons, however. The indictment named an Italian national at Goldman Sachs as a co-conspirator who allegedly helped to keep Mr. Lowe's involvement in the 1MDB scheme hidden from compliance and legal. That person has been identified in press reports as Andrea Vella, who has been placed on leave recently pending a review of his conduct in connection with the MDB scandal. Vella was the co-head of investment banking in Asia. Recent uh, media reports have suggested that Leisner and Nee were not alone in either carrying out the legal scheme and that others may have known about the extent of their activities. Now, such reports should be viewed with a grain of salt since the legal standard has to be met. Arguing that Goldman's culture led to these violations is not sufficient to hold Goldman Sachs' leadership accountable in a criminal prosecution. Nor is it sufficient to say that others regularly fail to disclose relevant facts to compliance and legal as part of standard transaction reviews. Another press report just recently uh, noted that former Goldman Sachs CEO Lloyd Blankvin attended meetings with the former Malaysian prime minister on two occasions where the 1MDB issue was discussed. It is not known if Mr. Lowe was present at the meetings. Mr. Blankfin is reported to have praised the work of Leisner and Nee within Goldman Sachs, obviously given the amount of money six hundred million dollars. One final ironic note mr lowe's yacht uh it's called the Equanimity, and it's a two hundred fifty million dollars super yacht is for sale so if you're interested, it was put up for auction by Malaysia recently. An Indonesian authority seized the yacht in Bali earlier last year. It sailed into Malaysia in August. And the DOJ, the Justice Department, has filed a civil forfeiture order for the equanimity in 2017. According to reports, the equanimity costs over $730,000 a month to maintain interested bidders in case you are one need to put down a $1 million deposit to be considered. So anyway... That's the latest. We'll keep following this Goldman Sachs scandal and see what happens ultimately in the end. Thanks again for listening to Corruption, Crime, and Compliance. Please subscribe to the podcast series. The Volkoff Law Group believes that every company should have a robust ethics and compliance program. Experience and research show that ethical companies are better performers in the global marketplace. At ethical companies, employees believe in the company, they feel vested, and are more productive. As a result, misconduct rates are much lower and financial performance is higher. We can help you achieve these benefits through an effective ethics and compliance program. You can learn more about our commitment to effective ethics and compliance programs at our website, www.volkofflaw.com. our award-winning blog, Corruption, Crime, and Compliance, and of course, this podcast series. You can contact me at my email address anytime, mvolcoff at volcofflaw.com. Let us know how we can help you achieve